0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Quipster Film Review Podcast. My name is Vince Leo. I am the author of the film review website, Quipster.net. I do film reviews there in written form. Nearly 4,000 of them you can read anytime. I've been doing them since 1996, which is coincidentally the year that the film I'm going to review came out. I'm actually doing this because for those people who contribute to the Patreon, I made a vow to those people who contribute on Patreon that I would uh, do a review of their choice as part of the podcast. So thankfully, Nate Phipps took me up on my offer. He contributed to the Patreon. Thank you so much, Nate, and wants me to review a film from 1996 called Kids in the Hall Brain Candy. It's a film that Nate has watched many times with his wife, who introduced him to the film, and I guess it's become... Kind of a favorite go-to comedy for them over many years. I've never seen it before, so this is brand new to me. I've only seen a couple of episodes of Kids in the Hall. Is something my younger brother enjoyed, but you know, when you get into movies, it's hard to really watch as many TV shows as you like. But you know, life is short, as they say in this movie, among other things. It's a comedy from 1996. Lorne Michaels is the producer of this film. Lorne Michaels, of course, being the producer of Saturday Night Live. And Kids in the Hall, of course, being uh, somebody you may have seen if you lived in the 1990s, early to mid-1990s, as they did their show on the CBC, if you're from Canada. It also appeared on HBO and also Comedy Central here in the United States. The film is R-rated for its language. Brief nudity, drug content, and sexual humor runs just under 90 minutes, 89 minutes. The cast includes the members of Kids in the Hall, Mark McKinney, Bruce McCulloch, Kevin McDonald, Scott Thompson, and Dave Foley. You'll also see a very small appearance from Brendan Fraser. Janine Garofalo, I hear, is seen briefly in this film. Actually had a little bit bigger role, but it ended up getting cut out. I don't remember her in the film at all. I guess I have to watch it one more time. Kelly Macon is the director, and the screenplay is by Norm Hiscock, Bruce McCulloch, Kevin McDonald, Mark McKinney, and Scott Thompson. If you're familiar with Kids in the Hall, you know they're a Canadian comedy team. This is their own film. It launched from the first run of their hit sketch comedies TV series. And this took place just after their fifth and final season. They were approached by Paramount to make a movie. They had no idea that they wanted to make a movie, but then they signed on and decided to make it. And just like their TV show, the major roles are all played by the five-man troupe. No matter what gender, no matter what age, it's kind of like Monty Python in that way. This one's written by four of the five members of Kids in the Hall. Dave Foley had quit the group in order to join the NBC network comedy news radio. He's in this film, but he's not as prevalent as some of the other four members of the troupe here. Uh, Norm Hiscock, who's the head writer for Kids in the Hall in the first run of the show, he also wrote for SNL back in the day. He chips in with some of the comedy writing as well. Though the show had more of a scattershot approach, I think that Brain Candy as a film... Actually has a narrative to follow. It deals with a drug company named Rorator Pharmaceuticals. They're in need of a hit wonder drug. They launch a new and mostly untested antidepressant that they call Gleamanex. The creators of Gleamanex promise to lock the patient into the sensation of reliving their happiest memory over and over. This new drug quickly becomes the number 1 in the market as you could imagine. It's even more popular, they say in this film, than penicillin. We follow several people who use the product as well as the drug's inventor played by Kevin McDonald and then the CEO and president of Rorator Pharmaceuticals played by Mark McKinney who is doing who's basically uh, an inside joke. He's riffing on the personality of producer Lauren Michaels. And then we also see him interact with the board members of Rorator as they deal with the overnight success of their hit product. Now, Brain Candy is directed by Kelly Macon, who is a longtime TV director, but also directed features like Mickey Blue Eyes. I've only seen one feature by Macon, which was I Do But I Don't, which I think was made for a lifetime. Macon brings here a sense of stylish camera movements A lot of lavish set designs are are put in here There are a few rudimentary uh, special effects shots That give the film a visual flair This film really is as absurd as you'd expect From the quintet of comedians There are touches of the surreal But the satirical takes on such things as corporate greed And the rampant desire for this chemical alteration Of every bad feeling we might have Those satirical beats are still relevant today For the humor, we see the proliferation of mood pills as pessimistically accepted as necessary from the public and for which big pharma is more than willing to push heavily on a populace by telling us we need their product to live fulfilling and happy lives. So although this is a brand new and original product for Kids in the Hall, fans of the show will still see some of the characters that they created for the TV return in small bits. We've got the racist or bigoted cab driver who is the narrator of the film, cancer boy who apparently appeared on the last episode of the Kids in the Hall TV series, ...is also here in this movie. It's probably the most offensive and controversial character. Paramount really wanted to cut the character out altogether... ...and the kids in the hall fought for it, maybe reluctantly nowadays. We have the cops that we saw on the kids in the hall... ...and a handful of other characters as well. I I would say, in addition to kids in the hall humor... ...the soundtrack is really a standout as well. It includes original songs like the hard-driving grunge metal opus... ...Some Days It's Dark... We also have a jazzy musical number in the middle of this film called I'm Gay, which I think a lot of people will find quite amusing. Featured artists in other areas on the soundtrack include popular 90s college radio staples like Liz Phair, They Might Be Giants, Matthew Sweet, Lab, Yola Tango, and a host of others. I think some people probably bought the soundtrack and never saw the movie at the time. This was a bit of a flop in the movie theaters. As so happens with sketch comedy ideas in feature film form, many viewers are likely going to find Brain Candy to be a bit of a mixed bag. Kids in the Hall fans are likely going to be the most in tune with the humor here. Those who don't really like their brand of zany mental humor may grow less tolerant of the material with each passing character change or repeat joke. For instance, turning the inventor of the drug into an international celebrity seems a bit of a stretch, even in the middle of a farcical comedy and if you're not familiar with kids in the hall at all uh, it does take some time to get used to i would just kind of say it's like monty python they had a lot of skit material and they all inhabited a lot of different characters including women they dressed in drag just like kids in the hall do and even members of kids in the hall themselves have been a bit ambivalent toward their film when looking back upon it especially in some of the alterations that they consented to in order to make the film more marketable for instance, the original ending to the film was much less happy in nature, ironically, given the theme of the film, as well as some of the compromises that they refused. For instance, as I mentioned, the Cancer Boy moments did not please studio heads, and they look back on that and realize maybe that wasn't really worth the fight. And it ended up turning people off, including Paramount Pictures, who were less inclined to promote the movie after their battles. So as far as my take, I guess since you're listening to this podcast, you kind of want to know what I think of the movie. I think I I actually ended up watching it twice before writing this review because uh, I had a few too many distractions the first time out, so I wanted to give it a fair chance, and I found that the second time around, the movie was much more infectious and rewarding for me, and I anticipated Revisiting a lot of the parts that I enjoyed the first time around, and I could more readily see the bleakly conceived societal satire on the persistent desire to feel happiness, even if it's inorganic happiness. That the kids in the hall team were brewing underneath all of the inane shenanigans and the darkly humorous characterizations. The last third of the film gets into some black comedy areas that are unrelentingly grim. That may sour some viewers who were laughing even throughout the first hour. But I would say, as the theme of the film suggests, you can't appreciate the ups if you never have any downs. Bring Candy's a bitter pill of a comedy you might find as bleak and discomforting as real life were it not for the ability for the Kids in the Hall to persistently find our happy. I'm going to give Kids in the Hall Brain Candy three stars out of four. Three stars on my scale means that I do recommend it. For those people who enjoy Kids in the Hall primarily, uh, some SNL fans would also, I think, find this of appeal. If you like 1990s comedies and, and you like 1990s music, certainly give this a go because I think you'll find enough here to keep your interest as well. And if you're not familiar with Kids in the Hall, you can go YouTube some of their material and find out if you find them funny before venturing to see this film. It's streaming on demand, so you could see this movie. I do recommend it, and I have a feeling this is one of those films, probably like it was for Nate and Michelle, that you come to appreciate more and more over time, and it becomes a bit of a cult comedy for you. Three stars. Four. Kids in the Hall. Brain Candy. Thank you everyone for listening. I hope that you enjoyed this review. If you did, I do encourage you to click the subscribe button. If you happen to like the fact that I reviewed something old, I'm, I'm so used to reviewing new films on this podcast. If you want me to do a little bit older material, please let me know and give me some recommendations as far as movies you'd like to hear me do a review on. If you're like Nate, you can make a contribution to the show at patreon.com slash quipster and I'll be happy to review an older film for you. So until next time, thanks everyone. Please enjoy your time. Anytime you get to go to the movies, even if you're watching a 20 year old film on demand at home.